This is B2B Radio featuring Mr. Biz, sponsored by Capital Plus. Over the next half hour, Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth, a nationally recognized leading business-to-business advisor, will present information that helps reduce risk, improve financial performance, and change your company's future. If you're ready to take your business to the next level, this program is for you. And now, here's Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth. Hello, hello. Welcome to B2B Radio with me, Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth. And on today's show, we have our monthly market update from our good friend, Mr. Johnny Dawson, CEO of the Dawson Sealy Group. And uh, we'll talk through that. And we also have a guest this uh, the, for the show, Mr. Darren McNair. So welcome, Darren. Thank you. Uh, Darren, as some of you may remember, he's been on the show before. We're going to talk uh, during the second segment about, and, and, and the third, about intellectual property type things. And I know that sounds like uh, almost like a, a bad word to some people, but it's a lot of syllables. But we're going to break it down and give you some tips on things to look for and things you need to be cognizant of in your business that you might not be aware of that is uh, that could be very important for you and your brand, et cetera. But before we get into all that... I want to, uh, again, welcome Mr. Johnny Dawson to the to the show for his uh, monthly update. Johnny, welcome. Sure. Thanks, Ken, and it's uh, great to be back and be a part of the B2B radio show with you. And uh, looking back at the market so far this year, um, we've had the best January stock performance since 1987, if you can believe that. Wow. Uh, however, uh, turbulence has returned to the market, as we've obviously seen that there's some, been some volatility uh, here recently over the past few months with different rising trade tensions and then also inflation concerns uh, have unsettled investors. But ultimately, the S&P 500 suffered its first quarterly decline since the third quarter of 2015, which that's also translated to some uncertainty as well. But with any bit of bad news, there's always some good news. And what's coming ahead uh, down the road this year, our companies are beginning to start issuing some updates on their 2018 earnings uh, trends. And a lot of those trends are coming from, obviously, you've talked about lower corporate taxes and improved economic conditions. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's going to provide some tailwind for profitability. But we we still have to remain back in our mind that the trade and the inflation and interest rates are certainly risk factors worth watching. Uh, so it's it's the big question that I'm seeing of of lately is is this the end of the bull market, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, at first blush, you would be easy to d- dismiss such a question, uh, particularly after the extreme optimism running through the markets uh, as recently as January. So U.S. manufacturing activity is expanding, which is good. The confidence is high uh, amongst consumers, which is great. And then the earnings are are growing as well. The lower U.S. taxes and global economy experience experiencing some harmonized growth. And if you think about, you know, you kind of have three really global powers between uh, our markets, and then you also have the the Asian markets and the European. Those really haven't been firing all, on all cylinders together, and now you're starting to see that trend. Obviously, with the, the pursuing trade war, that causes a little uneasiness there, 
but very simply, um, the international markets are off to some great starts along with the U.S. market expansion as well. So neither of those ideas that we've seen with rising interest rates and inflation, uh, the current economic environment, nor the corporate backdrop suggest that we are headed for a recession in the immediate future. And what I've really been reminding clients uh, here recently is that corrections are normal. That is a part of the everyday market cycle that we experience annually. And, and typically, a 10% correction should occur once a year. And in fact, I was looking at some data here last week. And since 1980, the average intra-year drop, so during during one year of market performance, the average drop is actually 13.8%. Hmm. Um, so annual returns over those last 38 years, 29 of the 38 have actually finished positive, uh, which is great as well. Yeah. Um, so all the signs are there to, to continue to show market growth, and I, I truly feel that we're just now going to start seeing some of the earnings reports coming out with the lower uh, corporate tax rates that companies are benefiting from. So let me let me ask you a question, Johnny. So, do you know? It just it hit me as you were you're talking about some of the tax tax changes and, and whatnot. With this being sort of tax return season for a lot of people, and uh, hopefully a lot of people are getting refunds and whatnot. Do we normally see an influx of money into the market as people get tax returns, or do people just blow that money? <laughs> yeah, actually, you do. And and I've spent you know several past weeks here because what happens is, is especially small business owners. They go to their tax, they go to their tax appointment, and their tax advisor will say, "Well, you know, if you if you had a SEP IRA, uh, or if you had some sort of qualified plan, it would lower your tax bill." And it's funny because I just got a, a frantic call this morning from from a client of mine, and just the, by deferring, she's you know independent contractor, business owner, and just deferring twelve grand into her SEP IRA, it lowered her tax bill from seven thousand down to four thousand. Wow. So not only did you just nice. save three grand owing it to the IRS, but you also just deferred twelve grand into an account for your future self. And those are the situations that I really enjoy is is sitting down with CPAs and kind of strategizing to figure out what what we're able to do for that business owner to lower their tax burden today, but also to be able to invest and save money for the future as well. Um, so using a SEP IRA for tax advantages, not only today, but for the future, are very advantageous to business owners. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Hey, so I want to give you a real quick, uh, anyone who wants to get a hold of Johnny, um, you can do so. Again, he's uh, uh, the CEO of the Dawson Seeley Group, um, and they've got a Facebook page. Of course, it's called the Dawson Seeley Group. Um, you can find them there. Or you can reach him by phone at 614-823-8660. I know Johnny works with a lot of different uh, small business owners, as he's alluded to, and helping them with uh, setting up their retirement and making sure that they're planning effectively for their future. Um, what else is going on, Johnny? Anything uh, Anything else we should uh, we should know? No, I think for investors right now, um, I, I, I've been reviewing a lot of folks' portfolios that have assets outside of, of what we manage here and, and transferring a lot of clients over from different financial firms. And the biggest thing that I see on and on again is they're not properly, properly aligned. Um, the portfolios are, are sometimes far too risky than, than what the client should be in. 
um, or the risk hasn't been assessed on a, on a proper basis. Uh, so the client doesn't start to realize that until the market starts acting a little uh, south, and then they start realizing, well, whoa, 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 I don't want to, I don't want to lose this much money. Why am I losing this? And when they could have rebalanced when the market was a little higher. Um, so having a properly aligned portfolio is key, and then also applying the proper principles of diversification. Uh, it's not main diversification doesn't mean having a lot of different money in different institutions. It, it means having different asset classes in, in one, inside of one portfolio, and you can do that properly um, by just having an expert being able to look at that. So those are the key takeaways that I'm telling folks right now. Perfect, perfect. Well, thanks as always. We appreciate the monthly update you give us. Um, good information there. Hopefully that was valuable for everyone. And again, you can reach Johnny at 614-823-8660, or you can find him uh, on, on his Facebook page at the Dawson Sealy Group. Thanks again, Johnny. Thanks, Ken. Thanks All right. On. Yep, absolutely. Do you need to dive into online marketing but don't know where to start? Maybe you need an expert to help design your website. Or maybe you just need to drive more traffic to your website. Our Biz Marketing is here to help. Our customized local service specializes in digital lead generation. Our Biz Marketing, where our business is marketing your business online. Go to rbizmarketing.com. That's rbizmarketing.com. rbizmarketing.com. That's rbizmarketing.com. Thank you for being a Mr. Biz Solution subscriber and listening to B2B Radio. Would you like to have your business highlighted in this spot? You can reach our entire subscriber base, all of Mr. Biz Nation, every week and archive for future listeners. We can record your very own spot to highlight your business, and you can also use it anywhere else you want, including your website or social media. If you are interested, please email us at info at MrBizSolutions.com. Don't hesitate, because there are limited spots available. To submit questions to the show, email them to MrBiz at MrBizSolutions.com. Now, once again, here's Mr. Biz. Welcome back to B2B Radio, brought to you by Capital Plus. Capital Plus unlocks your capital and unleashes your business's potential. CPI creates customized financial solutions for growing businesses nationwide. Uh, so it is time for the Mr. Biz Tip of the Week. This is actually one of my favorites, uh, if I say so myself. Hire on character, loyalty, and work ethic. Everything else can be learned. Simple. I like that. I like it. Uh, I've found over the years that if you hire someone with those three traits, you're going to be in good shape. Um, so, again, our guest this week after our market update during the first segment is uh, Darren McNair, who's the founding partner of Lardier McNair uh, here in Columbus, Ohio. And uh, again, Darren's been on the show before, but I wanted to bring him on this uh, this particular time to talk through intellectual property and what that means and how that impacts small business owners and some of the things that uh, that we need to be cognizant of, of as small business owners and make sure that we are um, you know not exposing ourselves to undue risk. So, intellectual property, what? Um, Sort of define that for me, so for for their listeners, what what exactly is intellectual property as it pertains to um, like a small business owner? Okay, that's a, that's a great question, Ken. Um, again, first, thanks for having me on again. I sure. really appreciate it. Yeah. With respect to intellectual property, um, we're not talking about cash. We're not talking about accounts receivable or widgets or equipment. We're talking about some sort of quantifiable goodwill of the business that um, is 
illustrated by either some sort of trademark or service mark. Um, intellectual property can cover a copyright, which would be something um, that you would register to protect some of your original works of authorship. Patents, uh, which you would use to obviously protect an invention, mm-hmm. um, which there's a whole separate patent bar that lawyers go through the training of. If you've got some sort of engineering degree or background or science background, you can um, you can get your patent law license to help people protect their inventions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's generally what's called a mark. And a mark will allow a consumer to identify the source of the products or services. So, for example, there are really two classes of marks that I talk about with my clients on a daily basis. And just by way of background, um, my clients are typically the small business owner. Where I'm talking about a massage therapist, a credit card processor, a landscaper, a plumber, mm-hmm. um, a remodeler, um, those types of businesses, the hardworking people that are really too busy to kind of run their business because they're they're in it every day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the two types of marks that we that we talk about are trademarks and service marks. Service marks is going service mark is going to be a mark that describes or illustrates someone's services. That seems pretty self-explanatory, right? <laughs> a trademark is what the most, probably the most common one that people use. You see the little TM next to something, mm-hmm. and that allows consumers to identify the source of products or services. So I think the idea and kind of backbone of all the intellectual property is the consumer protection and trying to protect what you what you set out in the marketplace to be your brand. Mm-hmm. And we all know, especially with social media, branding is should be the top of every business person's um, list of things to do when they're starting their business. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, so you can have different types of trademarks, okay? Um, you can have a word mark, like the word Aetna for the health insurance. Okay. You can have, you could trademark someone's name, like Tommy Hilfiger would trademark his name okay. for his clothing brand. Yeah, yeah. Um, you could trademark a symbol like the Nike swoosh. Okay. Trademark a slogan like just do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you can actually trademark sounds. Really? Um, I would imagine that you could, might be able to trademark something on the intro and the sounds on the Mr. Biz show. Um, but I, what comes to mind to me is the NBC chimes. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. You know, when you're watching the news, um, you can actually trademark a scent. Really? And you can trademark a color. My wife's favorite color um, would be the Tiffany blue. Ah, so yes. that would be one that comes to mind. Or, you know, if, what did Brown do for you? Yeah. So the UPS, trademarking yeah. that, that color. So those are all different types of distinctive marks that someone would try to protect. Yeah. So obviously it'd be very important for you as a business owner as you're growing your business um, and you're developing that brand you may have a distinctive, you know, Nike swoosh type thing, part of your logo, part of, you know, whatnot. It could be important down the road. I mean, especially as your business expands, et cetera, you could be exposing yourself if you don't protect that. Is that correct? I mean, that, that is correct. And mm-hmm. especially if you've got, um, you know, when we're sitting down brainstorming about ideas and I really love being part of the the new business and the entrepreneurial aspect of the practice of logs. I get to see people who are super excited about starting their business and they want to make it grow. And they're looking for me to help provide them with some sort of 
you know, what am I supposed to do? I'm not a, ta- I'm not a tax accountant. I'm not a tax attorney. Mm-hmm. But what am I supposed to do as far as keeping books and records? How am I supposed to maintain corporate formalities when I do this? And oh, by the way, I have this really cool logo. Check it out. How am I going to protect that? Mm-hmm. Is that something I need to do through the Ohio Secretary of State? Is that something I should do on a national level through the United States Patent and Trademark Office? And the answers to both of those are probably yes, um, maybe in different order. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, protecting your brand and your original idea, which is really the impetus maybe behind um, your your slogan or how you're going to do business or the type of people that you want to work with or to illustrate the type of integrity that you have as a business owner and how you're going to always put the customer first and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, those are those are the most important things, I think, to protect. And you have to do it early because if you could imagine you start a social media campaign with a logo that infringes on someone else's um, intellectual property and you not only just blew all the money you just put in social media, but now you got to start over. Right, right. And maybe rebrand. Yeah. Yeah, and you may have a lawsuit on your hands. <laughs> you may have a lawsuit in your hands. And when we get into the second segment, we'll start talking about some of the tips, um, some trademark tips I've got for the the listeners today. Perfect, yeah. Um, I'll tell you, though, that if you do register your trademark through the United States Patent and Trademark Office, um, you can get what's called geographical coverage, much larger span than, say, in Ohio registration. Okay. What you also get is the ability to sue if someone's infringing on your trademark. So if you've just got a trademark in Ohio and someone has the same trademark out in Utah, I mean, you've got protection in Ohio. They've mm-hmm. got protection in Utah. Gotcha. Now, did someone register it with the USPTO? Because they're going to beat both of you. <laughs> and after five years, that that mark is presumed valid and ownership is presumed to the person who filed for it. So okay. um, if anybody has any questions about that, I would love to sit down and you know talk with you about how I can help protect your brand and protect your business. Yeah, no, absolutely. That, that's a good segue, I was going to say. Um, you can always find information about Lardier McNair uh, at lmcouncil.com, or you can call them at 614-534-1355. They also have a Facebook page, again, Lardier McNair, five-star rated, I might add. Um, and on Twitter, at lmcouncil. So those are different ways you can get a hold of uh, Darren and the folks at Lardier McNair. So let's uh, let's we're up against a break here. Let's um, go ahead and wrap that, and we'll talk in the third segment. We're going to get some tips from Darren about how to uh, different ways to protect trademarks and, and things like that. So come back after the break. In the meantime, you can always follow me on social media. Free content out there on the Facebook page, Mr. Biz Solutions. Uh, on Twitter at Mr. Biz Tweets. And on LinkedIn, I am at Ken Mr. Biz Wentworth. We'll see you after the break. Thank you for being a Mr. Biz Solutions subscriber and listening to B2B Radio. Would you like to have your business highlighted in this spot? You can reach our entire subscriber base, all of Mr. Biz Nation, every week and archive for future listeners. We can record your very own spot to highlight your business, and you can also use it anywhere else you want, including your website or social media. If you are interested, please email us at info at MrBizSolutions.com. Don't hesitate because there are limited spots available. Do you need to dive into online marketing but don't know where to start? Maybe you need an expert to help design your website. Or maybe you just need to drive more traffic to your website. Our Biz Marketing is here to help. Our customized local service specializes in digital lead generation. 
Our Biz Marketing, where our business is marketing your business online. Go to ourbizmarketing.com. That's ourbizmarketing.com. Ourbizmarketing.com. That's ourbizmarketing.com. Follow Mr. Biz on social media at Mr. Biz Tweets on Twitter and Ken Mr. Biz Wentworth on LinkedIn. Now, once again, here's Mr. Biz. Welcome back to B2B Radio brought to you by Capital Plus. Capital Plus removes the hassles of balancing cash flow by becoming your full service credit and collections department. All right. We are back with today's guest, Darren McNair, founding partner of Lardy R. McNair. And... Uh, uh, we are talking about intellectual property. So, last segment we Darren defined for us the different types of intellectual property and um, different examples of the all those different things. And now what we want to do is we're going to pick his brain a little bit and we're going to get some tips on how to protect um, some of that intellectual property. That's right. That's right, Ken. I appreciate it. Um, we talked about copyrights and patents and trademarks during the last session. What I want to focus on here are my top five trademark tips I have for the consumer. Perfect. For the small business owner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so the first tip is to make sure it's yours before you start using it. Um, just finished up a case where my client uh, was insistent upon registering a mark that we found may cause some confusion in the marketplace nationally. And he went somewhere. He didn't get the right answer from us, so he went somewhere else and registered it. But he came back to us for the um, the letter he got in the mail from the <laughs> company in California threatening to sue him and um, ask for percentages of business and royalties oh, wow. for you know essentially intercepting that person's trademark and creating confusion in the marketplace. So we got the client back, and now he trusts us probably more than ever. <laughs> right, their advice was spun on from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so what, what's a, how can you do that? What's a way for someone to be able to do that to check that? A little self-serving. Hire a lawyer who knows how to do it for you. <laughs> um, you know, if if I'm going to have a plumber come over and fix the the sink, I'm not going to be the one that does it. It's going to be the plumber. So, if you mm -hmm. want you want legal work done, I think you need to go to a lawyer who's trained in this type of um, law. But to answer your question. You can search it on the Ohio Secretary of State's website. Mm -hmm. There's ways to do it if you're looking for state-to-state -state protection. Mm -hmm. And there's also the United States Patent and Trademark Office. There's a ton of different classes of goods and services that you can look at and ways that you can describe what a mark looks like. So, you know, think about like the Nike swoosh. It's a, you know, a white check mark from left to right, you know, and then um, sometimes it's orange and here here it is. And when you um, search through the USPTO, uh, what we do is we'll charge a fee to do the search for you, and then there's a filing fee with the with the USPTO. And then if for some reason the um, the mark comes back that there's going to be a conflict, um, then we won't actually charge for the research on the mark. Gotcha. Okay. So it's it's kind of a a win win situation for the consumer to check your brand. Yeah. Well, and the example you gave, I mean, that's why it's so critically important to make sure you get someone who knows what the heck they're doing. Because as you mentioned with your the, the, the client, they got bad advice from a different attorney right. and ended up in a bad situation. So obviously very important. You know, and another, the second tip would be to choose something that you can actually trademark. And what I mean by that is you can't trademark something that's generic. Um, for instance, red, <laughs> right? 
I'm looking at your tie. It's a great tie. But red came to mind, yeah. right? And that isn't descriptive really of anything. Um, there are some types of marks kind of like Apple. Like what's Apple have to do with a computer? It's more of their logo. Mm-hmm. And then that's kind of morphed into that you know, inherently distinctive brand like Xerox or Coppertone or something like that mm-hmm. or Kleenex or turned into something like that. Uh, where it kind of self-describes um, the brand. But, you know, choose something that you can protect. There's there's no there's no sense in trying to register something that is just going to get turned down. So talking mm-hmm. to someone who's experienced up front kind of saves you some of the hassle on that. Sure, and can you know, the fee, save you the filing fee. Sure. The filing fee is... Non-refundable, yeah, of course. Yeah, and it's five, seven hundred bucks, something it's, like that? It's somewhere... It depends on how many classes you're going to register for. Okay. Um, it's a couple hundred dollars per class. Gotcha. And then... Um, it's like two twenty five a class. Okay. But based on your mark, you may want to register in different types of classes. Um, the other thing you want to do is seek protection early. So first to file is the first to win. Mm-hmm. So if we both have the same mark and you use it before I do, but I file before you do, I'm probably going to win that lawsuit if you sue me. Yeah. So it's it's all about first to file and letting the putting the world on notice that it's your mark. Yeah. Um, and really registration is just the beginning of the fourth tip is that registration is just the beginning of, of trademarking something. If you're going to put the time and money into paying a lawyer to trademark something and you're going to print business cards and you're going to do social media posts and you're going to do the things that Mr. Biz tells you to do to grow your business. The last thing you want to do is if someone else is using your brand, just sit on your hands Mm -hmm. and we have the experience at my firm to help you attempt to enforce your rights on your trademark. And we also work with another lawyer who's a, a patent attorney who steps in from time to time to help us with USPTO-specific litigation. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So a- another, probably the fifth tip would be keeping keep your trademark in mind when you grow. Okay. And what I mean by that is as your business evolves and as the goods and services that you have evolved there's nothing wrong with letting your logo and your brand kind of roll with your um, the way your business is moving and maybe updating a trademark registration and something that you need to do when you're registering these marks is to show that the mark is affixed to goods or services for instance it's you're going to show a picture of a t-shirt and you've got your label on the tag mm-hmm or there's a sewn-on label on the sleeve. Gotcha. Um, you're, or you have a hat, and this is the way the hat's going to look, and this is what the women's, these are what the women's clothes are going to look like, these are what the men's clothes are going to look like, and how you're actually going to use it in the marketplace. And the USPTO wants to see actual product. Hmm. So you not only have to design the logo and figure out if you can protect it, but then you also have to start producing things and start using it as soon as possible so that when you register it, You've met that second prong, mm-hmm. and you want to, you know, display it if it's if it's describe a service. You want to make sure that it that it's displayed either on the truck or on the bag that something's delivered in, or whatever the service is that you're providing. Mm-hmm. Or if you're doing a trademark on a good, then making sure that it's affixed and attached to those those goods. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's the fifth tip of keeping your trademarks in mind when you grow. Yeah, no, that's interesting stuff. I mean, again, I think this is one of those things. That's why I wanted to have you on to talk about this. It's one of those things that as I work with business owners, so many of them, 
don't even think about things like this, and they don't even don't even know that number one, they could be opening themselves up if they're building a brand, and someone come in, could come in and potentially kind of swoop in and somewhat kind of steal it, um, and or they might be infringing on someone else's, uh, and, and which gets you in some hot water as well. Someone so, else's great idea, right? That you thought was your great idea, right? Well, and I literally, I, I one particular business owner who will remain nameless um, has a company and. He was traveling in uh, out in, out west, out in California, and saw a slogan from a company that does the same business he does. Came back here and started using it, and I said, "Man, that's really cool." It was really catchy. I said, well, "That's really cool. That's awesome. I mean, that's really, really good branding." He's like, "Oh yeah, I found it at this place out in California." I'm like, "Uh, did you did you check into that?" He's like, "What are you talking about?" Free market. I'm like, no, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. <laughs> you can't just take whatever you want. So, free market does not mean stealing other people's ideas. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I really appreciate you coming on again, Darren. Um, great information. Um, I'm sure it'll be helpful for folks. Um, this is something you want to make sure you're not, um, again, exposing yourself to any undue risk uh, on your side or on uh, on the other side. Um, again, you can go out to Darren's website, uh, Lardar McNair's website at lmcouncil.com. Uh, you can reach them by phone at 614-534-1355. You can go out to their Facebook page, Lardy R. McNair, again. And on Twitter, it's uh, he's uh, at LM Council. So tweet at him. Tweet some questions at Darren. Uh, thanks, Ken. <laughs> yeah, thanks again for coming on. I really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, thanks to our show sponsor. Have a great week. Don't forget, cash flow is king. This has been B2B Radio with your host, Mr. Biz, sponsored by Capital Plus. Capital Plus is your trusted resource for commercial financing and accounts receivable management. They've been providing working capital to businesses nationally for 25 years. Learn more about them at cpifunding.com or to schedule a free consultation, call 855-522-3951.